Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 223, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by the Herbal Nerd Society. Hey everyone, it's Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio. Hey, we have the um, Herbs in Action Summit coming at the uh, beginning of May. And now that you know all about the speakers, the most important thing to know now is, where can you sign up? And I'm here to tell you that today. So now you've been to the Herbs in Action site, and if you haven't, you should go there, herbsinaction.com, take a look at the speakers, take a look at all the other information that we're doing there. More importantly, make sure to hit on the um, registration button. That way, you'll be able to fill out a form and you'll get your um, invites to the uh, actual summit. It's an all-day affair, and there's going to be, I think, five speakers plus a panel, right? So this is going to be a really cool deal, how to survive COVID and beyond. So go to herbsinaction.com and click on the subscribe, not the subscribe link, click on the registration link. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Patrick, I have been watching Yolanda for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Herbal Nerd uh, Entrepreneur Summit, which was uh, also an online summit. A year ago. I remember you listening to that. Yeah, it was it was really inspirational. I enjoyed very much hearing from the various experts that she had on. It was it was good. And one of the things I loved about her was that she's just got this really sunny, joyful disposition. It just really it comes across. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, watched watch what she was doing over the last year. And this year when the you know herbal action I knew the herbal entrepreneur summit was gonna be coming again. I decided I really wanted to get around the show because I had a feeling that business and the questions of how to run a good business were going to become more and more important. I had absolutely no way to know that a global pandemic would be driving some of that energy for the herbal community, but I knew it was something was coming. So I, you know, looked her up and and I've been really impressed with how much she has grown her business over the past year. Oh yeah, uh, you know she um, runs the summit, and then she does all the marketing and all the stuff, and she does it out of this mountain villa, if you will, in in uh, in, in Italy. And even during this time when she was um, locked down, if you will, she was oh, still yeah. able to to you know get it up and produce and running. And um, and you know I, I have this vision because she told us during this period of time about a um, how. Because I asked her, I said, boy, Italy must really be, you know, connected to you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got no, broadband. Right. She goes, well, I do. But she said she had to put it out on the, you know, her little receiver, like outside the window. I just mm-hmm. kind of see this <laughs> antenna dangling to try to get, you know. Picture to, her standing there holding. Yeah, to get broadband and try to, you know, or making her husband do it and telling yeah. him to move to get the best signal. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, she so she does it right from there. And I, I think it's amazing. It's a good example of you know, being anywhere in the world and, you know, kind of doing what you want to do with the ability with the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It was a treat to get a chance to talk with her last week. Her summit is coming up um, right at the tail end of this week, I believe it is. It's the 20th through the 24th of April. Okay. And it's free. So, you know, sign up, go, enjoy. Um, But one of the things that Thinking about that and, and encouraging people to sign up, which honestly, I've enjoyed her work, so I would encourage that anyway. But she offered us the opportunity, since we're going to be on the summit, we did a summit session with her. Yeah, we recorded. We, we've been interviewed. So. Yeah, we've been interviewed. And, and, and she offered us the opportunity kind of as a trade to be an affiliate for her, which we said yes to. 
Right. Well, you know, the thing is, is the conference is free, but there is a VIP pass that you yeah. pay for. And that's the that's where we're, we said, yeah, we can promote that for you. And right. in, 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 in kind trade for that, for ad space on our website would be the, you know, if you sign up, we get a, a, a portion of that of that revenue. Right. And that got me thinking um, this spring, throughout the spring, is it's often a time when we see a lot of affiliate marketing starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of books come out. A lot of new programs will start up in the spring. And the question of what is affiliate marketing and what isn't and when is it that a – expert or a person that you, you know, a celebrity or whomever, you know, you're listening to has, is marketing and when they are speaking from, you know, heart and experience and when those two meet, you know, that question has been something that's been on my mind lately. Well, for people that don't understand what affiliate marketing is, is essentially this. I have a website. I put a link to your um, product on my website. There's a tracking code that goes with that. Once you click on that track, on that link, it activates that tracking code in your in your in the address in your browser. Any purchases that you make or if you purchase that item, there's a record of it. That means it came from my IP address, my website, and it's all tracked by usually a third-party um, company that that manages the affiliates. And so what happens with that then is you end up paying the person that you're going to buy the product from, and then they in turn through this third-party company pay us a percentage of that money. So we get a vested interest. And it's a really interesting way, a really easy way for websites to offer their space on their pages uh, so that – because it is hard to figure out how to charge for an ad. You know, back you know, when you had a newspaper or magazine, you had a certain amount of column inches. You had a certain amount of readership and distribution, and you could charge rates based on that. Yeah, and they had actually back then they had a lot of statisticians and marketers oh, yeah. devoted a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money toward defining how much one square inch of ad space was worth right. in any given size publication. So now it's on the onus of the website owner to promote the items so mm-hmm. that you, the listener or reader of the website, will click on that item and then they'll get you know, the website will get revenue from that. Amazon's one of there's a there's a big third party business with Amazon. If you didn't realize it, you know we've done it, and other people have done it. Is that they do affiliate links again? Where if you go to our website and you happen to click on one of our books or a book from whomever author that we've that we've recorded or interviewed, um, we will get not only um, a, a small amount for that book purchase, but anything else you purchase that day with that code or that visit with that code, we'll get a piece of all of that. And the important thing about this too is just because you clicked on a a person's affiliate link doesn't mean that they get paid. They only get paid if you actually go through the whole transaction process. So let's say you click on a link and you leave and you go to the site, but then you don't buy something and then you go back and you see that same affiliate link somewhere else and you click on it. The last person's affiliate link that you click on, they get credit for it. Right. So, you know, it's what and you had said this earlier before the uh, discussion, Candice, was like a lot of affiliate uh, marketing companies, you know, and us, we're in that too, um, don't tell you that's what they're doing. That's one of the things that I have really worked hard on the Practical Herbalist and in Real Herbalism Radio and all the social media stuff that I've done is 
to be clear at some point in the post to say, if you click on this link and you buy this item, I'll, you'll be supporting me or you'll be supporting the Practical Herbalist or Real Herbalism Radio because we are an affiliate. We have an affiliate status with them. Like, for instance, if you click on, if you go to our website right now and you click on the banner ad for the Herbal Entrepreneur Conference, it is we are affiliates with them. When you go to the conference and you buy your VIP pass, assuming that you're going to buy it through that link and you don't click on anybody else's links before you actually make your purchase, we will end up getting a percentage of the sale. And I I, I work really hard at making sure that I put that information in, in part because there are times that I'm saying, hey, you know, this, like for instance, Cammie McBride, she's wrote the book, The Herbal Kitchen. I've read The Herbal Kitchen. It's a really good book. I definitely would recommend that book for beginners. I get absolutely no money for doing so. That is not, I'm not getting paid. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. And I'm being honest and I'm being clear and open with you. If I have a book a different book, and I don't have one right now that I'm an affiliate seller for, but if there were a book that I was directly an affiliate seller for, and I said, hey, this is a really important book, you should read this book, but I didn't tell you that I'm also going to get paid for you buying that book through my link, to me personally, that seems like that's a little bit, hmm, I don't want to say unethical because it's not unethical, but it is kind of sliding some marketing in there and influencing whoever might be listening to me to purchase something that maybe it's great, maybe it isn't, but I've got a bias now. So I, I grew, I, I didn't grow up. I, I studied and followed journalistic practices when I was in college, and I've kind of stayed with that throughout my lifetime of career of writing, that that idea of recognizing where biases are, what biases are, and how that influences the message that I'm writing about or what I'm trying to get across has been really important to me. So I've been paying attention to this and thinking about it, which sounds really like super philosophical. But when it comes down to the practicality of it, I'm, you know, recently there was a book launch and I saw like, five or six different, all on the same day, five or six different people in the herbal community touting this book and having links to, you know, the, the sell page that the author had for the book. And, and that was fine. And I don't have a problem necessarily with many people saying this is a great book and you should buy it. But not one of them said, we'll get money for you buying this book. And I don't know if they will or won't, but I do know how affiliate marketing pages work. And usually when five or six different people come out with the same copy and the same imagery saying you should buy this or try this program or whatever. It's probably an affiliate marketing link that they're giving you. And I wonder about how is that reshaping or shaping how herbalism is, how people who are not part of the in crowd of herbs are encountering herbs. Now that one book that got the five, you know, famous herbalists touting it is more likely to have high sales than some other book, which may be just as amazing or even better, but it doesn't have the celebrity backing. Well, there's always been celebrity backing, and I think mm -hmm. the marketing in general has changed in the last 20 years for yeah. all of this stuff. I mean, publishers don't do the same things. In fact, 
you know, they pretty much tell the, the individuals yeah. you got to market your book. I mean, when we had Maria No Grove out here on our first book, we asked her those kind of questions. And, yeah. And she was like, no, you know, the publisher really expects me to do all yeah. of this footwork and all of this stuff. They don't, they don't really do any of that. You know, they handle the, you know, the printing and the distribution, but they don't handle the, you know, yeah. the, the grind, if you will. Um, you know, this idea of affiliate marketing and hiding it, if you will, Amazon even knows that this has been a problem. So now mm -hmm. if you are an Amazon affiliate, you have to say on your website that you are, yeah. these are either on the same page in the fine print at the bottom or in a lot of really good marketing companies that says, hey, you know, if you click a link here, we may get paid by it. Yeah. At least they're being honest with it. Yeah. Um, you'll find a bunch of review sites and things that are a little more disingenuous. That's all they do is review things, but they're all yeah. about you to buy a product. Um, I think with when it comes to the herbs uh, stuff, you know, the herbalism part of it, the, you know, the, the books and the, and the things, you know, it's a, we're in a pretty small field in general. Yeah. And you can kind of tell when something new is coming out because everybody, like you said, has got the same marketing. Same burgers, pictures, the, the same, same pictures, yeah. the same everything. And I mean, that right there, that's, that's, you yeah. can just tell that's an affiliate marketing um, piece. And, you know, to be fair, I, you know, I would, I would venture to guess most website ads that you see probably our affiliates because they're yeah. so easy to one they're easy for the um, company that wants to advertise with you to track mm -hmm. they know where the stuff is coming from so the, there's the value there you as the owner of the website you're going to get paid every time somebody does click and does buy so your you know your value in the ad is there right. um, I think that's a safer bet for both the advertiser and the, the host right. than it is to do the other way which is the old method which we mentioned which is I just want to buy space Right. Right. Um, and I don't yeah, think that I, works anymore. I understand that. I mean, it, and it isn't just websites. I mean, it shows up in social media, podcasts like well, ours. Well, influencer I mean, culture is based on that. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I was moved into an office, needed to get insurance. The insurance company said, we can't insure you because you're an influencer. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious because what I've encountered, my own understanding of influencers is usually they're younger, pretty people who are doing a lot of selfies on their social media poses and usually, at least the ones I've been aware of, and I knew these were influencers, a lot of times the post is somewhat youthful and, dare I say, vapid, you know? Well, <laughs> and, yeah. and, it's, and, and then they're showing you, you know, Gatorade or whatever product is they're hawking. But it's... It's pretty obvious, and I don't look anything like that. I well, that's that's where it, you know. Well, that's where it started. Yeah, and that's probably been. You're on Instagram enough to see it, right? But whether you're a gamer on Twitch or a YouTuber, right, or whatever, and it could be. It doesn't matter what industry you're in anymore. I mean, it could be anything. Well, yeah. So you could be a pro fisherman, and you're an influencer. You were an influencer 20 or 30 years ago when you got sponsored, and your truck was decked out with fishing logos on it, right. and you went to tournaments, and you got sponsorship, and your right. shirt said it. Right. You were an influencer. I would buy that product because you're you you use it, and you caught fish with it. Right. So right. the influencer well, culture that, has changed. That was part of what started me really thinking more seriously. I mean, I've been thinking about the whole question of should I do affiliates or shouldn't I? You know. What, should we do that for the practical herbalist? It's hard to make money in this industry. I mean, yeah. it, it is really, as an herbalist, it, you don't necessarily get paid a lot. I mean, there are some herbalists who do, but a lot of us don't. 
and it can be very hard to compete with the modern medical industry and the nutraceutical industries and the MLM, multi-level marketing industries. All of those folks are the same. They're, they're going after getting the dollars from the same people, really, that an herbalist would serve. And we, as herbalists, often don't have the same budget that they have, you know. So, so there are ways, we, we, we are all, all of us are looking for ways to make money. And some folks do online education. And, and that's, I think that's really wonderful. Others write books and then do the book tours and all of that. And that's, that's good stuff. And for someone, for like the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio, we have the Herbal Nerd Society and we're working on, you know, building that. And, but it's not a lot of money. It, it's, it's enough to keep the lights on. It could be more. It, it should be more. It needs to be more. So well, how do you do that? We've moved from, from you know, and that's the whole blog culture is the content is quote-unquote free. Yeah. Right? You can you can put the content behind a paywall, and we've right. done that part of that. That's the Herbal Nerd Society. They get content that they pay for. Right. Um, and that's not and a big they, deal to do much. And they let us know. I mean, I ask them, what right. do you guys want to learn? What do you want to hear about? Exactly. You know? So they're more. it's more of a vested situation. Yeah. But we have... Hundreds of articles on our website that are completely free. Yes. And our trade for you to see them for free is affiliate marketing. Yeah. You know, there's there's right. click-throughs. There's that kind of stuff. I mean, right. Google Ads unto itself is another marketing thing that many websites use. We are one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we That's not an affiliate marketing. That's called, that's, that's pay-per-click. Yeah. So if, and that's the big difference on that is they can run anything, any any ad that's in their, and then their network can be run on that. If you click that ad on a keyword that somebody bought because someone buys the keyword, right? They'll and every keyword has a different value, and so if you click on a keyword that they had, it might be ten cents a click, could be a dollar a click. Yeah, that, well, that in that that's a whole different branch. It of... is, it is, but it is a different part of marketing, and, and it's another thing you're going to see. I mean, so Google, I guess what I was trying to make the, the to make the the point of defining affiliate versus not. Right. Know, typically, with affiliate marketing, the the website owner, in our case, we're going to make a lot more money in affiliate marketing right. than we will with Google with clicks. With Google clicks, right? yeah. So that's why, especially when we have a site like ours that doesn't have the same volume. Let's say you're like Time Magazine, okay? But the real you know, difference with affiliate marketing versus like Google clicks for the way that most of what I've seen affiliate marketing done is that if it's an affiliate marketing thing, then the site or site owner or whoever the personality is, they're also putting it on their social media feeds. They're talking about it. They're yeah. marketing it actively. Right. Because so, because the, the money they make per click right. or per purchase right. is so much higher. But it's essentially advertising. It's like if Arnold Schwarzenegger gets up on stage and says, hey, I think everybody should drink this special drink. It'll make you strong. Yeah. Does that mean Arnold actually drinks that drink? We've been trained to believe that if it's an, a traditional advertisement, no, it doesn't really mean that. But affiliate marketing doesn't always look like it's clearly a traditional advertisement. That's true, but you know, back in the day, using Arnold as the example, for instance, not that he's done this, but you know, if if there was a product that people were paying him to because of his celebrity, mm-hmm. he, well, shoes, basketball, 
If yeah. you are a basketball and you and you are supported by a shoe company, you will never ever be seen in anything but that brand. Right. Right. Ever. And they got that written in the contract. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's the same kind of thing. So even though again it's that thing where you're locked in because of a legal contract, but it's in your best interest as a influencer to use those products because if you have enough followers, then those people will probably buy them because well you're doing it too. Right. right? So Yeah. Well it's, it's not it's not innocent in that it's it's a more of an infiltration of advertising and marketing that mm-hmm. you and I were brought up to not like. We were we were taught critically. Yeah, we to, were taught to, to, to be against be advertising against that, like pretty that. much. Yeah. And that if advertising has a place, but it has to be said. I mean that's why in magazines it would it would say advertorial on it. Yeah. You know, like you even now you open up and you can see like a four page ad that looks like an article and somewhere in tiny print, it'll say this is at paid advertising. Well, because it got so bad that you know they the people that were buying those ads would make the the article or their ad look just like an article from the magazine. Right. Yeah, using the same font and everything. Same fonts same and everything. Like so stuff. as a reader, I mean, I've even been caught in that where I was reading something going, "Hey, this is an ad." Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and then I feel duped. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So, so yeah, it's something that I've gone around and around on and I haven't really decided that I'm against affiliate a- advertising because there is a real need to make money. And that, and a lot of times the herbalists who are touting whatever the latest book or program is, I know that book actually is a good book. So it's not necessarily bad that it's getting more airtime, if you will. You know, or I know it's a good program. I know that herbalist is a good teacher, so the program's likely to be good. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know it is a hard one, I, and I and I get frustrated too because when you start going out and you see the same ads and the same stuff, and yeah, you know, and then where do you where do you click? Where don't you click? How do you believe? Don't believe? Um, but again, you know, it is a tool that we use. I mean, oh, yeah. to keep the lights on and keep um, you know the server space running and right, you know, all that things. And you know, and generally, I mean. As much as we enjoy doing doing this and talking with people and you writing content and all that stuff, I mean, at the end of it, you know, we, we do need to get paid for it. You know, yes. it's not, yeah. it can't just be a labor of love because we couldn't afford that. I wish that I was in the income set where I could just do a labor of love as my full-time job and it wouldn't matter because I had a trust maybe that supported me, but I'm not. And you know what? That's okay too. I'm I'm pretty happy with the life that I have. I'm pretty happy doing what I do. Would I love to spend more of my energy on herbs and herbalism and less of my energy on a day job? Sure, that would be nice. But my day job's not a bad job either. No, not at all. Well, if you um like what you heard here, give us a review on iTunes. That'd be awesome. Uh, any of the other places that you you hear our podcast, remember we're on Facebook, we're on Pinterest, we're on. Um, Instagram, of course. Uh, if you have a, a, an opinion on this, love to hear it. Say yeah. something in an Instagram article. Um, you know, write something on Facebook for us. Uh, reach out to us automatically, or, or, or not automatically, but reach out to us directly. Um, just type in, uh, go to the Practical Herbalist on any of the podcast shows, and there's a form on the right-hand side called Ask. It's basically our Herbal 101. You can use that to, to not only ask a question, but you could also vent an opinion. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear your uh, feelings of uh, your marketing and pay-per-click marketing and how it affects you as a website reader. Oh, hey, and, you know, just in the interest of self-affiliate marketing stuff, go ahead and go over to the Herbal Entrepreneur Conference and click on the banner ad 
that mm-hmm. we click on our banner ad yeah. to get there so that you can buy your and VIP pass. Yeah, buy your VIP pass. And, you know, and definitely, full, full disclosure, we're going to get a percentage of that. Yep. And Yolanda puts together a good conference, so I know it will be worth it. There's a lot of people in that conference. I saw the I yeah. saw the graphics that she was giving. There's lots of people. Yeah. Um, so with that, put, put an, an herb on, on it. it. Everyone, Patrick with the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio. And we talked about one of our sponsors, um, Sacred Blossom Farm, and over in Wisconsin with Tony DiMaggio, herbal gardener, herbal farmer. Uh, he sent us um, some samples, and one of the samples we got was Dream. And I wasn't too keen on it because it said it would um, uh, be the most relaxing tea that 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 we know, and that um, it, it'll make me sleepy and 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 relax. So I wasn't sure about it, but. Boy, I tell you, after looking at it, and, and the, the colors on this stuff is amazing. The the purples and golds and greens. I mean, I've never seen herbs in this condition before, out of a, in a bottle, in a, in a package. They're amazing. Um, so I'm gonna. I did try some, and boy, it did put me to sleep. It really made me really relaxed. And sometimes I can get pretty wound up when the website's not working, or you know, whatever you name it, something's not going right. This really can kind of set your day straight or get you ready for bed. So if you're interested, sacredblossomfarm.com. And if you go there, you'll get uh, 15% off. Just use the coupon code REALHERB15. That's all caps. So it's R-E-A-L-H-E-R-B-15, Sacred Blossom Farm. Um, and again, if, if you purchase from them, you get the discount. But we also get a little bit as well to help support the Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio. Um, and if you go there, give Tony a big thank you. Statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.